rolling, bought myself a chain. I must have taught myself a million things. I'm at the trap, I can sell anything. I wish I would allow myself to hear that soul dream. I pray my daughter never ever experience no dream. I told her, cold gate, baby, gotta keep your teeth straight. Bay on flex and X Brand new Rory, Smith and Wesson. You make myself a ball, I want my credit, yo. Speaking of credit, bail off old me, I got credit, yo. V12, y'all ain't read at all. Trapping bees on like hurry up in my All right, everybody, I got my man John Sheeran here. He works with Cincy Jungle. He does a bunch of stuff. I've had him on the show before. This is the Zim Hude podcast, Mock Draft 4.0. John, tell the people what's up. Tell them what you're feeling like today and anything on your mind. Oh man, it's, it's been it's been too long. I think I think I was on here last year. We we talked about James Daniels and all, and all those guys. But yeah, it's it's good to be back on a Zim Giraffe show. Um, it's it, it, it's, a, it's a packed week, dude. We we got Thrones, we got Avengers, we got the drafts. There's a lot going on this week, and times times really been fl- been flying by. I'm, I'm I'm just excited right now. I can't believe you just started off with the Thrones thing. See, you're getting us off. To- hey, you're getting us off topic already because I just watched the second episode just last night. So, yeah, no, no, let's not get into that. Let's not get into that. All right, we're gonna. Um, so, John, um, before we even got on air just now, me and John were just talking about. First and foremost, tell everyone where they could follow you at, John. Oh yeah, so I'm on Twitter at John two underscore Sheeran, and you can find most. Most, if not all, my work at Cincy Jungle. I'm, I I edit stuff there, and been writing a, a couple, a, a few draft articles over the past couple of weeks. But we will be covering the Bengals draft throughout the draft process. We'll have instant analysis, reactions, winners and losers, all, all any Bengals draft content you can think of. You can find it at Cincy Jungle. Most of the stuff will be by me. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, I, I I try to. If you guys follow me on Instagram. I always try to post like a, a bunch of John's articles. He's an amazing writer and he always has great insight. And as you're about to find out, he has some really, really good information on players. So before we get into this mock draft that we're going to do, the last mock draft we had, we had um, uh, Ed Oliver. I had the sheet where I wrote out everything, but I don't know where it's at. But we drafted Ed Oliver first round. Since then, the draft boards changed a lot. We also went through people like Yandi Kajus. I think I made the slip up of drafting Tyree Jackson third round. The consensus was Mac Wilson, I think, second round. Who did you go with second round? Oh, man. Um, You've done like 100 mocks, so you don't even. It, it, I think it was Titus Howard, the, the tackle from Alabama State. Okay, cool. That was my one back then. Okay, cool. All right, so that let's just give you a little insight of what we had before. John just gave me some good information just now. Um, Dave Lapham, if you guys don't know, or if you live under a rock, always kind of predicts what the Bengals are thinking or where they're kind of mentally like headed towards draft board wise. And some people say he also spoils the pick. Some people feel as though he always is predicting the pick for out of the last eight drafts. I think he's like seven for eight or something like that. I think he picked uh, Ragnall last year and it ended up being Price. So, John, what was the information you were just telling me that uh, Dave Lapham just dropped just now for who he thought was the number 11 pick? Right. So, he, he does a podcast with Dan Hoare and his, his play-by-play buddy. And, essentially, he makes the, he makes a prediction based off what he's heard from inside the building. And the player that he dropped was Andre Dillard, the offensive tackle from Washington State. And this kind of matches what I actually heard from another source. The, the plan at in the first round for the Bengals is 
probably going to be a linebacker, and the linebacker that's going to be worth the pick there is Devin Bush. If Bush is not there, I also heard them talking about potentially a pass rusher in either Montez Sweat or Rashawn Gary, and either both those guys are going to be off the board. But they've also had some unfortunate medical um, issues pop up, and they may, they, they may be looking for a slide in the first round. So after those couple players then there might be looking at offense tackles and there was three there's three names that there that was prevalent in those discussions it was Jawan taylor the tackle from florida dillard and also uh, cody ford from oklahoma so dillard actually makes a lot of sense based off the, the tackles that they drafted in the past it's both cedric oboehi and jake fisher the last two tackles that they actually drafted they were considerably good athletes and that's exactly what dillard is I think he had a relative athletic score of like 9.4. He tests like the best tackle at at the combine. Tests with all pro athleticism in terms of speed, explosion, flexibility, and that shows up on tape because he's a very athletic guy. He's a very productive pass protector. Great feet, great base of a way to build up a player's development. I think I think he's a little bit on the older side, but I think he still has. I, I think this is a player that you can develop, and by all accounts, people say that he's a great a leader he, he's got a great character and he wants to get better and i think that's the main difference between him and a guy like a boy who had upside but just didn't didn't really take the next step in terms of development didn't take the necessary steps in terms of wanting to get better and i think that's the difference between him and dillard i think that's maybe what the Bengals just seen with him as a guy who can develop behind either a bobby art or or a cordy glenn okay now the main thing that is always a concern with me with the first round pick is playing time with with Andre Dillard, um, and who the met like you said, his measurables are like off the chart. They they hit a lot of the different points. I, I have like the entry level thing for Pro Football Focus, so they're really really high up on him too after his pro day. So I agree with everything you said. But with them paying Bobby Hart the amount of money that they paid, which is starter monies in Bengals term, um, where do you see Dillard year one? So. Because of their situation of the tackle, they only have Ken Perkins behind both Hart and Glenn. So basically, they have no depth. So immediately, Diller will become that third, that swing tackle, that backup tackle. He's active on game days. And what we saw from last year, not only did Bobby Hart struggle immensely, even though somehow it, 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 he, he earned himself an extension, but also Cordy Glenn dealt with some health issues. And that was something going in with the Bengals straight for him that they had to monitor because over the course of his career, he, he had, he's had trouble staying healthy, especially in the past three years. So you have a left tackle who is still competent, is still above average when he's healthy. It's hard for him to stay on the field. And you have a right tackle who's dealing with a lot of inconsistencies. And you never know what he can get injured. So, yes, drafting Andre Dillard is drafting a backup. But it's a backup that will be active on game days. And then, just no matter one play, he can be on the field and could be out there for an extended period of time. And also, and I know your question was just based off one year. But also, you have you have Hart's contract. Um the dead money's gone after this year. And you also have Cordy Glenn coming off the books in two years. So you're looking at developing Dillard, getting him some, you know, necessary playing time if it happens to come up. But he can play both left tackle and right tackle in, in year one. And if, if it just happens to be, if, if the unfortunate case where he has to play, he, he could come in and play. So he could end up playing significant snaps, but at least during the start of the season, he's looking at that backup swing tackle that we've always seen the Bengals to try to develop. Let me ask you this before we get into the mock, and and, and this is just off of the Dillard situation because uh, I just got the information. I kept on saying a bunch of people on my timeline kind of mentioning Dillard, so I knew someone had to say something. But if the Bengals were to go Dillard at number 11 pick, what does that say about the quarterback position to you moving forward? So I, I think that the Bengals and just their, just their conservative nature, they're not – 
willing to just draft a quarterback for the sake of drafting a quarterback. If they don't like any of the quarterbacks that are there at 11, and we know they're not going to trade up because they just rarely trade up in, in general, and that's just not, just not their draft philosophy. So I just think that there could be a Dwayne Haskins there. There could be a Daniel Jones there. But if, if they're not confident that those are guys that they feel confident that, that they can develop under Dalton, they're not going to be forced to take one just for the sake of taking a quarterback. I think that what their thoughts on Andy and who he is as a quarterback, it's a guy that they're going to feel comfortable with and they're, they're not going to be forced to basically look for his replacement before they feel the need to. So I think they f- still feel comfortable that they can compete with Andy. He obviously has two years left on his deal. They, they may feel they're in a position to, to win now and to, and to keep building pieces around him. And even though Dillard is a backup or would be projected backup, he's still talent for an, for an offense line that, def- that, that desperately needs him. So that, that, that Dillard pick in theory would be supporting Andy. I think this, this whole draft could be, the one final push to really support him and to try to build a team that they feel can compete. And maybe that's not the best strategy because if you do have a Haskins or if you do have a quarterback that you would feel comfortable developing, then you should probably take that chance. But I just think that if they don't take a quarterback, it's because they didn't have a high enough grade on him. They're just not the team that's going to force a quarterback taking a quarterback for the sake of taking a quarterback just because you don't have the, the, the brightest future of that position, I guess. Cool. Okay, that's great insight right there with John um, Sheeran. I'm here with John Sheeran with Cincy Jungle. Um, I kind of agree with a lot of those different things that you're saying. One thing that sticks out with me is Mike Brown pretty much saying that Dalton has to prove himself. But in my mind, you have to have something ready. You cannot wait until next year to make this move or do anything like that and give Dalton leverage. So to me, quarterback is absolutely on the table. And it's absolutely on the table first round if it comes knocking at your front door. So with that said, we have started up the mock draft machine on Draft Network. Um, we're going with the predictive um, option. We've got, um, let's see, okay. So number one, Nick Bosa went um, to the Arizona Cardinals. Number two, Josh Allen goes to the 49ers. Number three, Quinnen Williams. Now, let me ask you this. This is something I've been asking everybody or I've been discussing every single time I get on a, a podcast or anything like that. If it got to the second, I mean, the first pick, the second pick, and we got to that point right there where um, Kyler Murray was not drafted, number one. If you were the Bengals, would you make a move to go get Kyler Murray at that point to get to that number three position. And what that would entail would probably be, well, for sure, your number 11 pick. It also would include a third round pick this year, if not a second. Um, That would be on the high side. But then you come back the fall, and then probably two of those six rounders this year as well. And then you come back next year and you offer them, and then you're also giving them another second round. Some people say another first. And in the, in the way that I think it, a first could go again next year or something like that is on the strength of you know that you're trading Dalton and at no worse, Dalton gives you a second. So you could kind of recoup it. You could recoup it this draft if you thought that you were just going to start Kyler, you know, like right away. But what do you think about that draft? I mean, what do you think about that scenario if if Kyler Murray were to not go number one? We know the Bengals are conservative. Is that something that you would do if you were the GM? Yeah, I, I think um, that, that strategy would, would work best if you were to deal Dalton 
for uh, for capital to try to compensate for the for the capital that you're giving up for Kyler. So yeah, you're talking about definitely a future first round pick. Hopefully not more than just one first round pick. I, I don't have like the exact um, precedent uh, other trades that kind of mirror jumping from eleven to three, especially for a franchise quarterback because it. Because teams trading up in the first round, the price always kind of escalates when it's for a quarterback because that's the most valuable asset you can have, a, a, a good quarterback playing on a, on a rookie contract. And Kyler Murray would be obviously cheaper than Andy. And, and he's just, a, he's, he's just a, a quarterback with a higher upside with the potential to be much more than Andy. And of all the quarterbacks that I would feel most comfortable making that move, Kyler is definitely the guy. He's the guy that I would feel most comfortable taking a top five, top ten pick. Jumping from 11 to 3 might be a little bit too much because there is a, a factor of risk associated with Kyler, not just because of his size. That, that's something that you can that you can mitigate and you can work, build around. It's the fact that he's a one-year starter. It's well, the fact that yet. he has yeah an experience. And that, that creates a cause for concern. That's a risk in itself because the only other one-year starter quarterback who was drafted in the first round ended up being anything relevant is, is Cam Newton. And that's the factor that you, that you like with Kyler because – He's not Cam Newton. Cam Newton is LeBron James of, of the NFL. But Kyler can create for himself. He, he is special in, in a sense where he's not the traditional quarterback. He can make the, can just make things happen on his own. And, and he's just not the traditional quarterback in that sense. And he might be able to break the mold. So if there is a quarterback that I would possibly consider for that, it's definitely Kyler Murray. Jumping from 11 to 3 might be a little bit too risky. I, I would try to wait to see if he's there in that 5 to 7 range where the price may be a little less significant. But... It definitely intrigues me a lot because I would have no issue, you know, putting Kyler into the fire in 2019, relieving myself from Andy, getting some draft capital back to mitigate my to mitigate the loss of draft capital that I gave up for Kyler. I, jumping to three might be a little bit too much because there is a, a legitimate risk factor with him. If, it, if it's a quarterback who passes literally every check mark, then this is probably a decision I'm going to make with more confidence. But with Kyler, there would be some. And when there is that factor of hesitation, it's probably not the, the, the best course of action, I guess. Okay. All right. So what you said, you said in the sweet spot is five to seven. Okay. So yeah. going on our board, Quentin Williams goes number three. Number four, Rashawn Gary to the Oakland Raiders. That is what I want to happen. Get w- Gary off the board as quickly as possible. Exactly. But I, I just don't see it. I mean, for me, I'm 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 not a I'm not an analyst of any sort, people. But Gary is like a second round pick to me like based on everything that i've seen it it, the production like it's let's not go into that all right so number four gary's there number five in this scenario they have montez sweat coming off there to the tampa bay buccaneers which also would play in the i would love that a lot as well because um montez sweat oh i don't know if you guys have been checking this out recently too character issues have come back up again and also they're starting to talk about his medical a little bit so this number five pick seems a little high to me based on what I'm hearing currently right now. So at that point, you know the Giants are looking for a quarterback. I don't care what their GM says. You would have had to get to the number five spot. And the reason why is because on this mock draft, Kyler Murray is drafted <laughs> by the New York Giants at number six. So while Gettleman was the one who drafted Kyler Murray. <laughs> man. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. All right, so then we got, and then after that, we got number seven. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Jawan Taylor, which also plays in our favor. Number eight, T.J. Hawkinson goes to the Detroit Lions, which absolutely plays in our favor. Number nine, 
Ed Oliver for the Buffalo Bills is where he goes. So that's the biggest dagger in our heart so far. Because we both love Ed Oliver and most the consensus. I think a lot of us, uh, different outlets like us, have been really, really on the Ed Oliver train. And I think it's kind of translated to our fans a little bit. Um, other than that, all right. So the next, the next pick, we got Devin White. Is the next stab going into our heart, <laughs> and and um that's the number ten pick, and he's going to the Denver Broncos, um so that's number ten. All right, so on here they have uh, the Bengals with their needs at every single position they have listed on here: <laughs> linebacker, tackle, tight end, quarterback, all these different things on their board. This is not their board, or my board, but this is their board. I don't know if this is John's board, but. Top of the class they have left is DK Metcalf, Dwayne Haskins, quarterback from Ohio State, Drew Locke, quarterback from Missouri, Brian Burns, Edge from Florida State, Noah Fant, Devin Bush from Michigan, Andre Dillard, Washington State, who we just spoke about, Jonah Williams, who I like better than Andre Dillard, and Christian Wilkins. Also, you can notables to throw in there too. Greedy Williams is also there. Uh, I'll spare you guys the rest of the list. I think that's that that would be the top of the the charts. And and this is why initially when this whole draft season started coming around, people would give me all these different scenarios, and I'm like, well, if that guy's gone, this guy's gonna be here. This this mock plays out so perfectly to me, because to me, I would be happy with about five different names I just named. What say you? Who would you be looking at at the number eleven pick? DK Metcalf, Haskins, Drew Locke, Brian Burns, Noah Fant. Devin Bush, Andre Dillard, Jonah Williams, and Christian Wilkins, and Greedy Williams, there on the table. This, this would cause such a violent conversation in the war room, I would guess, because I would probably argue between three different players. That's Dwayne Haskins, Devin Bush, and Brian Burns. Bush fills the biggest need. I think he's worth that pick, despite maybe what other Ohio State fans may also feel about that. But Bush has worked himself up in this pre-draft process to be a high first-round pick. I think selecting Brian Burns as one—he's my second-ranked uh, edge rusher in this class. My and I think he's worth a top-five pick. I think that overall upside, that production, that athleticism, the entire profile of him as a prospect fits that of a potential E player. And I think that edge rusher is a sneaky need for the Bengals, and the best place to fill edge rushers is as early as possible. So there's more of a value thing with, with edge rusher over linebacker but then you just look at Haskins man like Haskins is my second ranked quarterback he's the only other quarterback besides Murray with the potential to become an all pro pro bowl quarterback because he's young because he was productive but again it's that one year starting stigma and he would have to break the mold of basically every other quarterback who came into the NFL with only one year of starting experience so there is there's questions of value there's questions of risk and then at this point, if I'm the GM and if I'm rolling the dice here, I'm looking at this roster and I'm thinking this roster is not in, in position to contend for an AFC North championship in 2019. There's still a lot of holes left. You look at 2019, you're not going to base the entire era of Zach Taylor on this one season. Uh, uh, linebacker is a position that I would feel comfortable with finding a good one in on rounds two, three, or four. Same. Yeah, and I just look at all this thing and I'm like, why not just roll the dice with Haskins? It's not like taking a quarterback who'd never produced in college or who has who has risky tape and needs a lot of development. With Haskins, you have a quarterback with a solid base that you can build upon, and you and you have a guy that you can sit behind Andy Dalton for 2019, 
groom him a little, groom him up a little bit, work out the, the the refinement issues, and just roll with him in 2020, and and just see if you can trade Dalton away for a mid round pick in 2020, get his contract off the books, let it be Haskins' team going forward, give Zach Taylor that quarterback that is going to define his era, because there's no Ed Oliver, because there's no um, uh, Devin White on the board, you don't have the elite players that you would probably take Haskins over. So with the way this board falls, I think I, this is the scenario where I would roll the dice with Haskins. Okay. And I'm not mad at it, so I'm I'm going to lean towards you. The one guy, like, and, and, and it catches a lot of people off guard, and I just watched this long special on how they were uh, comparing Brian Burns to Khalil Mack. And that's the only person. for So for for the casual Bengal fan, they're thinking, well, we got Dunlap, we got Lawson. Um, I worry about the pass rush on third down from an interior standpoint. I worry about just the age of Dunlap. I worry about Geno's age as well. So if we're thinking about the future, I really, really, really consider Brian Burns. And that's if the Bengals war room just absolutely does not like Haskins. And it, and let's say they had more value with someone like a Will Greer, second or third round or whatever. I'm not sure. Um, but say that they were leaning towards that. I would not be mad at Brian Burns at that spot. But from the linebacker position, I'm 100% with you. I To me, it's, it, it's not a reach. It's just so much value. And the Bengals have been doubling down. For the last couple years, when they did the Hubbard and um, who was that Hubbard and uh, Jefferson, then they also doubled down with the Willis and Lawson, and I think they're going to emulate that same thing um, this year. They're going to try to get rid of those six, try to come up and get like a couple fifths or a fourth or something, some type of way, and they're going to double down at the linebacker position. And I just really don't think that they're going to be looking at linebacker unless Devin White was right there. All right, I would agree with that. Yeah. So on our board, we got uh, Haskins that we're going to just pick for them. Um, just some notables. I know you guys want to know like who came off the board. Um, DeAndre Baker went to the Raiders. Hakeem Butler went to the Cardinals. Um, I wanted to show you. Mac, Williams, Mac Wilson went to the Raiders. Brian Murphy went to the Colts. Devin Bush Jr. went to the Baltimore Ravens, which I would absolutely hate. Um, Greedy Williams went to the Steelers. Which I absolutely do not hate. I feel like the Steelers just—I don't know—they got something going on in their cornerback room that isn't good. Um, they waste a lot of it. All right, so Cleveland Farrell went to the Redskins. Jonah Williams went to the Panthers. All right, so let me go to where we where we're at now. All right, so right before us, uh, Lonnie Johnson was picked with the Broncos at the forty-one pick. A guy I really was looking at for our number forty-two pick was Dalton Reisner. Um, he went to the Bills. Um, if anyone cares, Drew Locke went to the Jaguars. All right. So on the board, currently right now, number 42, we got Daniel Jones at the top of the board. We just went Haskins, so I think we'll pass on him. We got Jerry Tillery, who I know the Bengals have mentioned a couple different times. I know Dave Lapham has also talked about him. Also, you have Jeffrey Simmons still on the board, who I had rated in my top 10 Prior to this ACL injury. So you'd be 100% buying into 2020 if Jeffrey Simmons was to get picked at that spot right there. But that's the defense alignment in Mississippi State. Um, you also have Dexter Lawrence, who has also been linked to the Bengals as well. Uh, Rocky Sin. Um, a very, very interesting name is Paris Campbell, who also met with the Bengals as well. Um, you would absolutely be pretty much pushing John Ross slowly out the door if you went that route. Uh, Greg Little's still there. Uh, I'm trying to go. I'm looking at my... Yeah, Debo Samuel, who the Bengals met with, is also there as well. 
Uh, Irv Smith Jr., the tight end from Alabama, who I absolutely hate, is there. Um, Elton Jenkins is there. Darnell Savage from Maryland, who is one of my favorites, my number two safety. Um, and Juan Thorhill is still there as well. I, I read an article earlier that said Seahawks are going to take Thornhill in their, in their 27 yeah, picks. Yeah, so, um, but Thornhill, I really, really like him as well, too. And the Isabella there. And then your guy, Titus Howard, is still there on the board. There are probably some other names on here. This looks really, really good. But there's probably some other names that you might be thinking um, for your second round pick or whatever. Out of those names, I know I just ran off like 100 names. Are there any guys that just stand out to you where you have to run to the podium? I think it has to be Simmons. And I know that it's good. I'm going to catch flack for people who are like, you're going to take a quarterback in the first round who's not going to play. They're going to take a defensive lineman in the second round who's also not going to play. And yeah, that's, that's Are you trying to tank, John? I, I'm not trying to tank, but I'm trying to I'm trying to grab the best players available because I know that I'm probably not competing in 2019, and I know that I can find quality players in rounds three through five who can who can come in and give you quality snaps immediately and can become high quality players down the road. But Jeffrey Simmons is there at 42nd overall. This is a top 20 player, man. And it's, 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 not, it's not like it's not like the injury is, is the it's not like the injury is not the only reason why he, why he's available here. The injury is literally the only reason why he's available here. He's young. He was productive. He would have blown away everyone at the combine. If not for Ed Oliver, if not for Quentin Williams, he would have been the best defensive lineman prospect in this entire class. I don't think he's going to be here in, in real life on Friday night. But if he is, I, I I can't I can't in my good conscience take anybody else besides Jeffrey Simmons because in five to ten years when we look back, we're gonna think why did we take a linebacker? Why did we take an offensive tackle here who's not as good of a player as Jeffrey Simmons is on the defensive line? The, the injury stinks. I, I get that he probably is not gonna play. But 2020 going forward, you have Jeffrey you have Jeffrey Simmons playing next to Geno Atkins on third down. I, I pity every, any interior offensive lineman who has to go up against that. But you would be talking about Geno another year, another year later, paired up next to him. And then the argument, I guess, is you you could probably get more value from someone like a Draymond Jones or someone like that later on if you're just thinking about value. But you're thinking about 2020 absolutely smashing, coming in with the brand new best player available. And, I, and I'm buying into it. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate because I, I tend to never disagree with you. I'm just trying to figure out another angle. Um, but it, there's some guys out there, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, like Fergus, Jalen Ferguson or somebody might still be around. I don't I don't know. Jakai Polite, who we've been linked to. I don't know. But, yeah, none of them are Jeffrey Simmons. Um, yeah, and, I, and I, I absolutely want to do that. So let's go. Let's go Jeffrey Simmons. So we're drafting Jeffrey Simmons with the number 42 pick. After that, just to let you know, we got Rocky Sin who I like a little bit, went to Lions. Dexter Lawrence went number 45. Paris Campbell went to the Redskins. That, that's so perfect for them. That just reminds me of, like, <laughs> Santana Moss. Like, I don't know. It just it just feels like, I don't know, like. He's fun. He's definitely fun. Yeah, like, he's he's not vertical. He's everything that I want John Ross to be in space. Right. And, and I could see that in a Zach Taylor offense. I just think mentally, like, if you draft a wide receiver early, I just don't think John Ross can recover from it. I don't. I don't think he's that mentally strong to like say no. This is my spot. Like I just think he takes a step back. Um, Debo Samuel, t- uh, Tennessee Titans, fifty-one. Blake Cashman went number fifty-two. So that's one of my. I was trying to steal him in the third. Not happening. 
Savage went to the Texans, Jerry Tillery, the Patriots. Um, just trying to name some notables. Miles Sanders, the running back from Penn State, I think is pretty cool. He went 63. Caleb McGarry, the tackle. So we haven't got we haven't addressed offensive alignment already. So already I've been thinking offensive alignment in this third round. Caleb McGarry is the first guy off the board at 65 that I, I was really looking at. Juan Thornhill went 67 in this scenario. If he went that late, I mean, whoa. I don't I, I don't see I don't see that happening. Um Jalen Ferguson um went 69. Draymond Jones got pick number 71 right before our number 72 pick. So now on the board, we've got Elton Jenkins, Mississippi State lineman. Um you've got uh, David Edwards, the tackle from Wisconsin. Terry McLaurin, uh, wide receiver for Ohio State, who the Bengals also met with. Didn't you write a piece on that? You? Uh, 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 who? who? Who was that? Terry McLaurin, the wide receiver from oh, Ohio. Yeah, he, he did. He, he was like the last day of visits. McLaurin came in. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I see a couple of different things. Like you on on, and if, if you guys are just now joining the podcast or you came in late or whatever, John Sheeran is here. He's with Cincy Jungle. He's been writing some really really good articles on there and keeping everybody up to date with like different people coming in, all types of stuff. He writes the majority of like the the ones that actually hit the headlines on your phone. Um, Kelvin Harmon, wide receiver from NC State. Amani Hooker, safety from Iowa, is there. Christian Miller, Edge from Alabama. J.J. Arcega, Whiteside is still there. Dawson Knox, who's been getting a lot of lot of coverage lately, uh, is still there as well. Um, there's a ton of guys still there. Any of those guys, Razzleberry's right there. Oh, David Montgomery, the running back. Now that we don't have, that would be kind of crazy. Invernell Renton is still there as well. Any any of these guys that I've named, um, absolutely podium runners. Or is there anyone that you're just thinking that you want to ask me? Is are they still available? Yeah, I think I think now the the, the simulator is kind of removed. Like the, the big value guys, most of those guys are probably off the board by now. So now I'm just looking at probably prioritizing need over over value. And, and we haven't drafted a linebacker yet. We haven't drafted an offensive tackle yet. Definitely the two biggest needs remaining on this. Two biggest needs for them in general. So the, the offensive tackles that I'm thinking about, did, 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 did Titus Howard go, go off the board yet? Yep, he did. There? Yep. And so let me so okay. let me tell you this. The so you mentioned linebacker. So linebacker, they got uh uh Drew Tranquil still there. Uh Joe Giles Harris is still there. Um Taki Taki from BYU is still there. Uh Tavon Coney, Jermaine Pratt is still there. Uh Gary Johnson, Trey Watson, those guys are still there. From an offensive lineman, let's let's go. You want to look at just tackle? Yeah, sure. Okay, so tackle, you got Mitch Hyatt. Um, Mitch Hyatt, I'm sorry, um, from Clemson. He's still there. David Edwards, Max Sharping, who I really, really like, is still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby Evans, some of these guys I don't even know. Tyler Romer, Ryan Bates, Don- Donnell Green, Ole Ado, uh Isaiah Prince. Derwin Gray, Paul Adams. After that, it gets shaky, man. But <laughs> but uh, Titus Titus Howard was gone. I I forgot. I, I remember I named him, but I don't I don't know when. Let me see something. I'm gonna tell you when he went. Oh no, yeah, he's not. Yeah, I can't search it that way. But yeah, he got picked. Okay. I, I I forgot where that was. I remember I mentioned him to you though. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm probably targeting probably two or three guys here. Either Max Sharping, the tackle from Northern Northern Illinois. Or Jermaine Pratt, the linebacker from North Carolina State. I'm 
I'm a fan of also Ben Burkerbin, the linebacker from Washington. I don't think he's going to be taken until day three, though, so it's probably just reaching for the sake of reaching. He, he might be available in round four. Mm-hmm. So the two guys I'm probably thinking is, uh, is either Pratt or Sharping, both is still in each. Pratt would end up would probably be playing before Sharping would. He would, he would compete for that starting weak side linebacker spot, and he's I, I, would, I would probably lean towards him here because I think Sharpie might be available in round four and, and just for the sake of getting a guy on the field in 2019 to appease some of the uh, other coaches. But um, the only thing I, I, that is kind of a negative for Pratt for me is he didn't really test very explosive at the combine, and I wonder if that was just a bad day for him out there because he ran, I think, in the four fives. That definitely matched what was shown on Bill. The explosion numbers were kind of lacking, and I don't think he did any flexibility in testing. So his athleticism profile is still a little shaky, but the production's there. The tape is there. Uh, he definitely stood out to me at the senior bowl. He just flying all over the place, a sideline to sideline player. He's a former safety, so he does have some innate zone coverage ability. He had the, he had the mic in, in, in his helmet at NC State and at the senior bowl, so he's capable of sliding inside to the linebacker. So he has position versatility, good size at 6'2", 240, good length, good speed, Basically checks off all the boxes of what the Bengals don't have at, at the linebacker position. I think the third round is good value for him. It, it, it's where you would ideally find your linebackers after you know solidify your defensive front to keep them to keep them clean. I think for what they need and, and where, where they are in the draft, Pratt would be a good, good selection here. Yep, I 100% agree. And then, like I said, the Bengals have been just doubling down. I think they come back later on do like a Ben Burr curving. I read something earlier today. I, I haven't confirmed it, but I did see that there was a strong um, interest in Cashman. I think Cashman might still be there in the third just for some strange odd reason. Agreed. But um, I've, I've read that earlier today. I don't know if it's true. I need to do my homework on that a little bit. But so far, I mean, I think we got a really strong draft. Man. We I know we're only going three rounds, but just to recap, we went Haskins first round. Round two, oh, let me, I'm trying to scroll down and look at some of these other picks. Um, but, yeah, we went Haskins first round. We missed on a bunch of other guys. We went Jeffrey Simmons with the 2020 playing, um, although I've heard he could play as early as October. Um, and then we went Jermaine Pratt linebacker. So I think that solidifies, like, the future to me. Um, there's a bunch of guys, I, I think, moving forward that I think everybody's going to be kind of checking out for. Um, uh, like I mentioned, like Matt Sharping, a lot of tackles and different things like that. Um, a lot of linemen just to get some depth that I would be looking at. But is there anyone that you would be thinking at, um, just really quick that you think might still be available? Just thinking like a little bit past the third round while we wrap this bad boy up. Yeah. So the other positions are kind of in the intermediate intermediary needs. So like you have, you have your tight ends, you have your other linebackers, maybe you have interior offensive linemen. I think tight end and receiver are going to be positions that they target with the fourth and fifth round. And a couple favorites in my other tight end position, Foster Moreau from LSU, tested like one of the right, right uh, fans, the most athletic tight end at the draft. Didn't produce at LSU, but it's, it's always hard to produce as a pass catcher from LSU. They don't have the best quarterback play there. But in terms of just looking at the like the evolution of tight ends, in the NFL and finding the next George Kills, you have to look at overall athleticism. Moreau checked all the boxes in terms of that combine. I think he's a prime round four target. And maybe if they wait till round five, a guy like Drew Sample from Washington also tested like an above average athlete. But again, there's some production concerns with him playing in Washington's offense. But in terms of what they need um, to replace Tyler Croft as, as more of that inline blocking type, he's definitely one of the best blocking tight ends in this class. And that goes for Moreau as well. So just two day three, early day three tight end targets for the Bengals to consider to kind of round out that tight end depth there. Okay, cool. 
I mean, I, I'm with it, man. I, 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 you know, I trust your judgment. Um, I, I'm, I was all in on with you with the uh, Titus Howard one. Um, I'm, I know that's early on or whatever. If Juan Thornhill were to slide like what they were just like we just saw in there, I would absolutely have to take a look at that. He plays like oh man, it's, I love the way he plays. Um, there, there, there's a bunch of guys. I know, I, I know, we gotta wrap this up. We gotta do some stuff, but there's a bunch of guys that I'm gonna kind of be writing about and listing right before and just just a couple picks that I want people to kind of check out too. But you mentioned like Ben Burkerbin later on. That's gonna be like really really cool if we could double down at the linebacker position. I think would be awesome. Another thing that I want people to consider too is Malik Jefferson. In my mind, just going back and looking at stuff that I looked at from last year, although he's pretty stiff the way he, that he plays sometimes, and it's a lot of straight line like speed or whatever, and he's not super reactive. If he were to be here in this draft, maybe like third, fourth round, I would take him, right? And and, and with that being said, I do think that plays a factor. So on draft night, if you guys are like, why aren't they picking linebackers? That To me, that means that they're looking at Malik Jefferson a little bit harder than whatever Marvin Lewis in the game were looking at him and and they have a purpose for him. So don't be afraid. Like in my mind, he still has value. Like I mean and it's just he just went through one year. So don't forget that. So John, tell these uh, tell everyone where they can find you again while we close this thing out. I I'm so thankful for you to come here and share share your knowledge with us. And I and I'm and I think that's a really solid draft we just pulled off right there. Yeah we did. We, we kind of finessed it there at the end. So yeah I'm on Twitter at John, J-O-H-N, double underscore, Sheeran, S-H-E-E-R-A-N. I'm on Twitter, pretty active on there, and you can find all of my work at CincyJungle.com. We cover the Bengals part of SB Nation. We're going to have a bunch of draft content over the course of the draft for instant analysis, and, yeah, just, just, just keep it locked in with us. Absolutely, man. I'm going to do a live myself on Instagram, and as I'm going on there, I'm going to be, like, spitting out information from, from you guys on there as well, too. So I'm going to be definitely ge- keeping everybody in check on that, and I'm going to be showing people, like, screenshots of all your stuff. Appreciate but, it, man. All right, man. Who day, man? Have a good one. Hey, too, man. All right. Let me close this bad boy up. Like family don't matter. Oh, 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 What's oh, happening with oh, 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 What's oh, happening with oh, Billy made a call.